handy handy dandy arm on it here i don't have to like get it in place it can just kind of sit there it's almost like it's a professional kind of operation here step by step you're you are turning this into an in-house studio yeah got this second bedroom got this huge house all to myself so many bedrooms i don't know what to do with them all so i figured why not just make a studio for the podcast that a couple dozen people listen to <laughs> you need like those uh those egg carton uh type of uh acoustic things you know yeah for some soundproofing yeah even even just to complement the look of what you got going on there well i've kind of you know little by little i've turned this room into like you said the little studio stuff i make my tiktoks in here so we got some memorabilia we got a kobe bryant poster michael jordan oh i'm looking at a picture of me you and shuby from our our first ever interview love it love it. i'm looking across the room at 12 o'clock from me there's a picture of me and you and cassie rest in peace that relationship <laughs> so nothing says um complete legends like Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, me, you, and Shubham Goyal. I think if you put all five of us in the same room, there'd be hijinks for just hours. Yeah, honestly, if you put all five of us on the same court, we probably could have taken down the Denver Nuggets. You think so? With just Kobe and Michael and then me, you, and Shuby just kind of getting in the way a little bit? Yeah, we wouldn't have like a power triangle or anything like that. But maybe, I don't know, maybe Shuby's got some skills that um, that we don't. How long in a professional type basketball game do you think you could last just in terms of your like cardiovascular and like shape to uh, the first TV timeout? I don't even know. I don't even know about that. You know, as, as long as no one's passing me the ball, if I'm just like there to defend, maybe I can just kind of cherry pick in the backcourt and um, just wait for them to come back to me. And then offense goes four, you know, four on five for offense. And I'm just kind of sitting back there by the bench. Did you watch much of the NBA playoffs? Just bits and pieces of it. I was very disappointed to see... Uh... Stan Kroenke win himself another title. Yeah, yeah, but he did lose the um, Stanley Cup. Yeah, he won it last year. I think the Avalanche got bounced pretty early this year, but I think in just over a little bit over a calendar year, maybe a year and a half, he's got the Super Bowl, the Stanley Cup, NBA championship, lacrosse championship. Lacrosse? What team is yeah, like, uh, The either the denver or the colorado mammoths i believe they're called jeez everything's jeez. coming up cronky everything's coming up cronky well you know if you're a piece of shit then um i don't even have an itch i don't even have an end to that it's just i guess you won championships it, yeah it just goes to show you that good things do happen to bad people <laughs> oh man have you been paying attention to the Cardinals at all? 
Um, I haven't watched any baseball this year, but I was excited to see them go on that 14-6 tear. And then all of a sudden, it seems like the magic has flown out of the bottle. Yeah, we went today. Uh, it was TMA day at the ballpark. So uh, the show was live from down at Ballpark Village, which I don't know when the last time you would have went there was. I don't remember you going the last time you were in town. Is that correct? Uh, not the last time, no. Uh, the first and only time I think I've been there was in December, which is a great time to go to Ballpark Village. Yeah. Um, for an empty, basically empty seats and toasted ravioli and like something from Anheuser-Busch. Yeah, they've done a lot of new additions to it. There's like some high-rise apartments that are pretty, pretty awesome. Uh, some dining. How much uh, do those you, apartments cost? There's no telling. I know a guy that lives up there. I've been up there one time up to the 22nd floor. And his balcony looks down into Bush Stadium. They've got the pool. I mean, I don't know. It's got to be just crazy. Million? Uh, no, probably not that much. Is it condos? Like I'm buying it or I got to rent this apartment? Um, I think he rents it because I don't think they're down there permanently. But I don't know that for sure. It's a sweet deal. I would Airbnb that for like a special game or something. That'd be fun. Yeah, uh, but today they, we were down at, uh, are you familiar with the barbecue restaurant locally here in St. Louis called Salt and Smoke? I have not eaten, but I'm familiar with the name. Yeah, they put a, a new location down there and they have a phenomenal like upstairs balcony. So we were hanging out down there before the game and uh, we went over to the game. A uh, buddy of mine that I work with um, had bet the over on today's game which was the number was eight and a half and the I think the Giants scored two in the top of the first so right away you're feeling like you're off to a good start to hit that number uh Tommy Edmond for the Cardinals hit a grand slam Tommy to make, Tommy to make it four to two so all of a sudden you're at six runs and you just need three more to get it done and then in the ninth inning, it was five. Are you familiar with how the game played out today? No, I'm familiar with baseball and how that game plays out, though. It typically ends after nine innings unless the score is tied. Well, I just didn't know if you saw the result of today's Cardinal game, but they were they were up five to three in the ninth. And so my buddy needed just one more run to hit the over. And mm -hmm. with two outs, two strikes, and a runner on in the top of the ninth, uh, I believe it was Giovanni Gallego served up a bomb uh, to tie the game at five, hit the over for my buddy. And literally the home run landed from me to this wall that you can't see away, like probably about seven feet. Like if I was one or two seats over, if I would have jumped, I might have been able to get a hand on it. But uh, yeah, it's always good to see your buddies uh, win money. And he had this little shit eating grin on his face because uh, you can't really, you don't really want to root against the home team, but at the same time, you're trying to bring home a little money. Yeah, of course. Of course. Where were you sitting? Uh, bleachers? Uh, just, uh, not quite right down the right field line, but close to the right field line in between the foul pole and the visitor's bullpen. Nice. 
So yeah, slim, dude. You, you're uh, slim. Your face is like even trimmer than than the last time I saw you. Um. Well, right before we hopped on, on my way, I hadn't eaten all day, so maybe that could be why. Maybe I've, I've fasted today. You're emaciated. Well, except uh, on the way home, I stopped at this little bar and grill and grabbed a uh, bacon cheeseburger and fries and. I walked in the door, set it down, texted you to tell you I was home. And in between that text and when I hopped on, I inhaled probably what was like a half pound cheeseburger and most of the <laughs> fries. It would have set some records because that thing went down quick. But I appreciate the compliment. I've been I've been trying to get it in, get it in check a little bit. Um, you know, as you know, as we've made clear in past episodes, off the booze, we're at like 670-ish days, no booze. Wow. But last week, I kind of made a, a decision to cut out a, another vice in my life. Oh. Um, I had really been on a pretty bad caffeine kick. Oh. I'm talking at least two energy drinks a day, sometimes three. Um pretty much coming home from work every day and napping for a couple hours because I was having that crash. Yeah, you're, you're a big napper. You love the nap. Yeah, pro napper. Um, <clears throat> pardon me. But yeah, I just, I felt like um, I was, it was starting to not really have the desired effect. I think I had built up a tolerance to it. I was getting that afternoon crash, napping, which was throwing off my sleeping patterns. So last Friday evening, I was working a wedding and I had an energy drink and I said that was going to be my last one for a while. And I have I'm on day five of no caffeine. Damn. Damn. How do you feel? I don't feel too bad. I've had a couple of nights of sleep that were much better than what they were when I was taking in 500 or so milligrams of caffeine a day. Um I hadn't really had too many of the caffeine headaches that you hear about when people quit it. Mm -hmm. uh, but today, near the end of the day, hanging out at Ballpark Village, I started to feel one creeping in. So um, not too bad. I feel like if I can get through another handful of days, it'll kind of feel like the new normal. Um, and I don't think I, I don't intend to quit caffeine forever, but I just needed a little detox, a little reset. And I would imagine that first energy drink that I have maybe around July 1st or so, or maybe I'll push it to my birthday on the 6th. Mm -hmm. But that thing's going to have me just ready to jump off the roof. Yeah, you're going to go crazy. So yeah, but anyway, I appreciate the compliment. been trying to get some workouts in, trying to get healthy, but then at the same time, eating a half pound bacon cheeseburger in about three bites. So it's called balance. That is, <laughs> that is balance. That's great. That's great. Restraint is quickly becoming a, uh, a physical restraint is quickly becoming a skill set of yours. Speaking of physical restraints, did nutritional, you nutritional restraint, maybe? Yeah. And I had somebody say, well, do you how about you just kind of wean yourself off of the caffeine thing? And from reading about quitting caffeine or taking a break from it they they a lot of people say that that's the way to go is to kind of wean yourself off but i typically don't do too well with the weaning so i i decided cold turkey was best so same with the booze same with certain women in my life you just never look back just cold turkey cold turkey cold turkey weaning is for wieners 
Absolutely. That might be the name of this episode. Weaning is for wieners. Weaning is for wieners. Yeah. But speaking of physical restraints, did you uh did you see the video I posted last week of the unboxing that I did? No, what was this? Um I bought on Amazon a twenty dollar uh sex toy kit oh i did see some like this but i don't i don't what's the story behind this uh n- nothing i was just kind of feeling frisky one <laughs> i was just, just kind curious. of feeling frisky, frisky one day and i think i i didn't want a butt plug but i think i typed into amazon butt plug that was kind of where i started the search yeah you're gonna get retargeted with all sorts of stuff online that's true uh but yeah, I stumbled upon this $20 kit um, that was like... A butt plug kit? Well, it had, uh, I think it had three or four butt plugs in it in various sizes. Oh. But that's not all it had. It had um, some cock rings. Oh, butt plugs one, and cock rings. Okay. Some anal beads. Nice. It had some nipple clamps. Oh, Okay. It had a little like uh, hand, like a remote control, like little vibrating kind of thing. Uh huh. And that does that attach to the butt plug? No, um, it's all just kind of one piece. It's it's not wireless, so um, there's no app. There's no app. Uh, Batteries no, included. Would, what? Batteries included. No, I had luckily I had a couple of double A's on standby, so um it oh it had a ball gag dang it had some hand and feet restraints so this is all for 20 dollars on amazon yeah so you can imagine the quality of it hi hi and then all the writing on the packaging was in chinese so came from over in china but uh i don't really want anything to go inside of me necessarily (laughs) Oh, okay. I mean, I don't get, I don't understand why not, but all right. At least not yet. It might be something that we work up to. Did um, you did you wash these? Have you washed them? Yeah, yeah. I washed them before I used any of the stuff. Okay. And what stuff have you tried so far? Nipple clamps? Uh, yeah, I did. We I did give the nipple clamps a whirl. And where were you? Were you just at home? Did you go to work? Were you at the game today with nipple clamps? Or uh, I was in my chambers. In me chambers. <laughs> my chambers. Okay. Uh, they weren't. This is fascinating, by the way. Yeah, I. Uh, if you if you can like if you can pontificate for about fifteen seconds, I'm gonna grab a couple things. Okay, so you just keep the dead air from being there. Give me one second. Yeah, of course, of course. I mean, as everyone knows, all of our listeners know, um, we do not kink shame on this podcast. So the next piece of this conversation is going to be as exploratory as possible without shame. Here we go. He's back. Yeah. So I'm going to start with the nipple rings. Okay. Nipple Um, rings. I thought they were. I'm sorry. Nipple clamps. Nipple clamps. Um, So they look like little, little pliers, I would say. Oh, those are multi-use, yeah. So they have little like jingle bells on them. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Kind of like tassels. It, it came in handy because when I was looking for them the other night, um, 
it was dark and I it was in like a bag with some various things in there mm -hmm. and I was reaching around and I couldn't quite find it but then I kind of shook the bag and I heard the jingle jangle and I found them pretty easily you can adjust the pressure right here and oh, then you just kind of kind of just open one end and then just Just right on, ooh, you just right, right on there. there like that. Wow, they're not um, very inconspicuous, you know? Like I wouldn't go out in, in public necessarily with those. Yeah, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to do the rest of this episode with the nipple clamps on. <laughs> okay. That's just the kind of host that I am, so. But thank you for taking, taking that burden off me. Uh, yeah, it's, it's brave. I don't wanna say, it. you know, it's brave. It does require a certain amount of bravery to um, sit on a podcast with nipple clamps on. I imagine that uh, there's a lot of bravery running through the Howard Stern studios. Yeah, you ever watch that late night on uh, E Network? And they are you familiar with a Sibian? Yeah, yeah, I remember watching people on Sibians. Here's the next item. That would be a cock ring with a little switch. It vibrates. Wow. Very nice. Does it have multiple levels of vibration? This thing does not. This is just one speed fits all. Okay. I'm also going to put this on for the remainder of this episode. Okay. Again, brave. So, um, and most of the stuff is downstairs, so I'm not going to get that. Maybe we'll save that for the next sode, but, uh, this, I, I will show you this. I was describing this to you earlier. It's the uh, little, so this is the, this is the money in. Okay. Like a little this cylinder. Looks like, this looks like it is, um, for our listeners out there in Belgium, this looks like something that you would see on like a low grade um, uh, Barbie playhouse or something. Like it's got that pink, that flourish of pink. Almost like you'd see like a, a plastic Easter egg, but it has sexual functionality. So I've turned it on. Okay. It's can't vibrating. Hear it, can't hear it, but okay. This does have, ooh, yeah, I just turned it up all the way. Um, oh, Monty, Monty got one. Yeah, actually, I put the other end in him right now, and I can control it remotely. So I just turned the power up accidentally. I think I woke him up. <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah. So yeah, that got that. Uh, made a little unboxing video. Um, threw it up on TikTok. It did not get the love that I feel like it deserved, but um, I'm excited to to give some of this stuff a whirl and explore stuff. I love it. I think that's great. I think that's great. The um, especially uh, the fact that there are multiple sizes of butt plug. I think it's nice. It probably kind of eases you in to the butt plug world, and eventually leading up to the anal beads. Yeah, and that's something you almost took the words right out of my anus because I said that during the unboxing when I pulled out the smaller butt plug. I'm like, ah, you'd probably start here. Work it's, a starter. Your way up. it's a starter butt plug. Yeah. Um, are you, I don't know, you might not be as comfortable talking about some of this stuff as I am. So I'll just let you answer this however you'd like or pass. But mm -hmm. are you, are, are toys and accessories anything that, 
interest you or that you have any experience with? I do not have any experience with toys. Um, I'm not uh, closed off to the idea, but something um, penetrating me does is not appealing. Uh, but I'm not here to kink shame. Um, so, you know, I'm open to, I'm, well, I don't know if I'm open to it. I don't know. I don't think I'm open to it, but, uh, again, I'm not here to kink shame and I, I don't have much experience to draw from here. Uh, been now, inside of a sex store before, and those are wild and crazy places. I mean, it's like dildos lining the wall. Oh um, yeah. There was a double ended dildo in the kit that I got too. Oh, nice. Good. Double-ended. So it invites collaboration. Yeah, uh, which I'm huge on. Um, in a fast-paced world, I think collaboration is key. So um, <laughs> in today's modern AI world, you don't just want a single-sided dildo. No, that'd be irresponsible. Interesting. Interesting. So what you know I mean, what uh, outside of nipple clamps, which seems like kind of a a first base type of hit into um into the sex toy world, what is that next step as you're rounding first? Once you go past nipple clamps? Yeah, because that, that again, that to me just seems like um that seems like the entry level. Yeah, I would say maybe maybe this vibrating c-ring or maybe this little uh vibrating toy that you can either i guess use on yourself or use on a partner mm -hmm. um yeah i would say that's probably second base um maybe as you round second and go for third maybe you'd get into something like um oh i don't know is the butt plug third base no well yeah, I'd say so. I mean, well, I mean, in the spectrum of that particular package, maybe the mini butt plug is kind of like second base. I, I would definitely put, I would put the anal beads and the double-sided dildo going from third to home right there. What about like the handcuffs and the restraints? You got handcuffs and restraints too? Yeah. How is China affording to put all of these toys into one $20 package and ship it to you? You're a Prime member, I assume? Of course. They're shipping it to you for free. Um, it is insane how much value you're getting from this. Listen, I'm going to say something kind of Is that what sold you on it was the value and the breadth? Or like, were you looking for something specific? No, I, the, the volume, um, of different things within the kit, I really felt like I was getting more bang for my buck. Like I said earlier, I don't love the idea of a butt plug, uh, going in me. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was happy that there was butt plugs in there, but there was also other things in there that I could maybe see myself getting some enjoyment out of. So it was just the, the array of, of accessories i think for the price is what really drew me to it and just you know i'm as as kinky as i may be feeling like on the inside 
I think I would have had a hard time walking into like a sex store and been like, hey, show me your best butt plugs, please, ma'am. I liked how on this Amazon purchase, I could just buy it. It would show up at my door in 48 hours discreetly in an unmarked package. And I could just be in my safe place with my butt plugs. <laughs> you have... You have purchased an OnlyFans starter kit. You know, some might say I have. Uh, we've gotten a ton of emails to the bigifpod at gmail.com saying, D'Angelo, when are you going to start an OnlyFans? Yeah. When are you, when are you going to show us a butt plug scene? I can't even count the emails that we've seen uh, with that kind of tone to it. So I think this is maybe the first step in giving the fans what they want, which essentially is me with a butt plug and nipple clamps. <laughs> oh, you know, the people speak and you got to listen. We did get an email, though. So, um, you know, it was it was. Yeah, we did. It, get didn't, an email. it didn't feel the way I thought it might feel. Uh -huh. uh, we've been clamoring for an email for a while um to no avail and you know i'm not going to get too deep into it but uh it wasn't necessarily the most positive of emails sure which when you're doing what we're doing it feels like that that's you know kind of part of the deal it cost of doing business but i am i am happy that the email address does work it we does, now know it sure. is active um so yeah who's gonna be net who's gonna send us our first positive email to the big if pod at gmail.com um maybe oklahoma smokes they reached back out to me and i need to i need to finally respond and tell them that we did do a little review and maybe gave them a new catch line at the end of an episode like that dm kind of got away they are very persistent let me say they are well, I mean, they sent I mean, they me... sent you they sent you some free goods, and they want uh, they want some feedback. They want some content in return. Uh, yeah, but I'm just surprised that I, I mean, I'm not exaggerating when I say they've probably DM'd me eight to ten times since they sent me that, and I have not responded once. It, it, I, they're just very persistent. I do feel bad, and I. I, I will, maybe tonight I'll make that a goal for me to reach back out to Oklahoma Smoke, send him a link to the episode. Because you did, you just absolutely nailed that catch line that day. I forget even, something about mellow. We put the mellow in. So that you can mellow out. That's right. Bingo. Bingo. Yeah. Well, this segment brought to you by Oklahoma Smokes. Uh, Oklahoma Smokes smoke cbd in the sanctum of your chambers with your butt plug <laughs> i can't think of a better way to spend an evening after you've been baking out in the sun all day at the cardinal game watching them lose what seems like their 15th game in a row than to just retire to your chambers maybe a small to medium-sized butt plug goes in you light up an oklahoma smokes and all your worries and all your your doubts and your fears just kind of melt away. I couldn't agree more. Couldn't well, I couldn't. I agree. 
I agree. You, you I could <laughs> probably agree more. <laughs> hey, are you familiar with Baby Gronk? Baby Gronk? No. I'm familiar with Baby Yoda, but Baby Gronk... Uh, wait. Wait. Who? No, I know who Baby Shaq is. Um, mm. And I know who Baby Yoda is. But Baby Gronk. Baby, is this a football player? A 10-year-old football player. How tall and large is he? I don't know his stats, but I know he's been in the news a lot lately. His dad is like uh, really like marketing his son at a very young age. And um, now with NIL money, I guess it's smart to start that kind of thing. But um, yeah, he's, he's, you know, I think he's already trying to get himself in with some college programs. He's 10 years old um he's all over social media and the internet um he was risen up uh Livy Dunn you familiar with Livy Dunn Mm -mm. she's a gymnast at LSU uh kind of a big deal on social media and stuff um but yeah it, it I heard this question on another podcast the other day and this is why I bring it up do you think in We'll start with the United States and we can go bigger from there. Do you think there's any 10-year-olds out there that you could not beat up in a physical altercation? Yes. Yeah? Yes. And first off, it would it would have to take a lot for me to attack a 10-year-old. You know, so the physical altercation that's happening, whatever preceded it, must have been just a shit show of hatred or i mean this goes beyond it goes beyond poor sportsmanship right like if i see a kid out there you know being a dick on the field all right that's one thing that's for his, his or her parents to uh to deal with this kid ha- must have like must have like what what could he do to make me attack him probably um, something physical my dog, maybe if they kick yeah, my dog probably trying to harm your wife or your dog or yeah. somebody in your, yeah yeah if there's a and then they would a, have to the parents can't be around like this has got to be a, a see like i have to have plausible deniability yeah what percentage of american 10 year olds do you think you could handle pretty easily i'd say 98 percent yeah, but there's probably a couple out there. Yeah, who are just physically imposing. Yeah. And, and I, probably like maybe even uh trained in karate. That's what that's why I said the United States, because I'm envisioning like some ten years old ten year olds in like Russia or Kyrgyzstan that are like wrestling bears out in the woods and are just like gonna be the next like Khabib type you know trained killer but that's why i went with the united states so but you think you could probably handle about 98 percent of them yeah i think confidently i could handle 98 percent of 10 year olds one at a time like if we're talking if they are attacking me in swarms it's going to take it's going to take a lot more effort if you were standing alone in like an open field Uh uh-huh and all you had in your hand was a baseball bat. Gosh. And I then know. I don't even know if I want to go with this question, but all right. 
from every direction in a 360 degree circle, you just have a swarm of like five-year-olds like com coming down upon you like like it's a zombie apocalypse. Yeah. How many do you think you could fend off before you, they would overtake you? Can we say that they actually are are zombies so that my life is threatened and it's not just me beating five-year-old humans? I think we all, I mean, I think we all know you pretty well, well enough to know you wouldn't just do this to any kindergarten or first grader. This is, it has to be done. So yeah, we'll say it's like a zombie apocalypse situation. Okay. So they are dead already. And my job is just to get out of there. Um, when you say swarm, like, can you put a number on that? Are there like a hundred of them? I mean, you're surrounded and like, they're and coming field. at you. Like, I can't even climb a tree or something like that. No, you just have to keep swinging and hope for the best. Oh my gosh. I think my arms would tire out before I got through all of them. Yeah. But to put a number on that, I'm not, I'm not so sure i'm trying trying to envision these little baby zombies coming at me biting and everything you know scratching and are they zombies from like 28 days later where they can sprint towards you or are they just sort of like slowly lurching towards you where you can just get away from them with a brisk walk yeah can i evade some of them um without having to do damage hey whatever however you need to get yourself out of the situation mm. i don't think there's really a right or wrong answer here yeah if this is truly my human survival against a field full of baby zombies by the way wh where did all these five-year-old zombies come together at like how come they're not mixed in with some adult zombies like there's no zombie supervision uh it was a. Uh... An orphanage was overtaken by zombies. Oh man, now they're former orphans. <laughs> yeah, lots of things. I think might about. just lay, I might, knowing that, I might just lay down and let them do it. You're a better man than I. Is it a metal bat? What would you rather have? I'd rather have a metal bat. That's a little bit easier to uh, to swing around than like, you know, a dense Louisville slugger. Yeah, it can be a metal bat. I'll go with 17. <laughs> 17? Yeah. Before one of them, like, you know, creeps up behind me, you know, while I'm, I'm like pushing other ones out of the way and I don't gets, gets my Achilles heel or something like that. That's probably a fair number. When's the last time you threw a punch? Over a decade ago. Me too. And I'm fine with that. We're at the age and point in our lives where there's really no need to be in a physical altercation unless you're trying to protect you and your loved one. Like, I'm yeah. not. Yeah. Out of defense, uh, of course, you'd want to throw something. But um, yeah, I agree. I think uh, hopefully we're at a point in maturity where we can not escalate to violence. But you see it, you see it all the time. I mean, I'm sure that there could have been a fight that broke out of Bush Stadium today. I might have asked you this question before, but if you 
could get one uh, free just punch to the face on anybody in the world without fear of consequence or repercussion or retaliation. You just, because they're a piece of shit, you just get to just give it, you're not going to hurt your hand either. Like you just get to really lay into somebody. free. I, I mean, yeah. Um, hmm. Dead or alive or they have to be alive? Um, once again, I'll give you the leeway to answer it however you'd like. Oh, I mean, Osama bin Laden would be a sweet one. Would be a real sweet one. Yeah. Um, you know, the first person that came to mind was Donald Trump, but that almost seems too obvious. Um, plus, I'm never going to get that chance. Um, man, that's that is a that is a dinker right there. Uh, probably a five-year-old zombie somewhere. I think I think I'm similar to you, except I don't want it to be a zombie. I just want it to be just a normal five-year-old that is kind of pestering me a little bit. <laughs> oh man, butt plugs and child violence. This is a great episode so far. Really yeah, covered. Well, really covered a lot of the base emotions that are just dug down into our monkey brains right there sex and violence <laughs> yeah we really at our core we're a, a sexy violent podcast <laughs> <laughs> oh that might have to be the title <laughs> the big if a sexy violent podcast oh, do you my... listen to many podcasts I only podcast. one with regularity. What is it? It's called Improv for Humans. Have I told you about this? No, it doesn't ring a bell. Have you ever heard of the Upright Citizens Brigade, the UCB Theater? That sounds familiar. I feel like I've heard of that at some point. So the UCB Theater is, I think it started in LA and then spread to New York. Mm -hmm. It's an improv theater. Like you can go take classes and everything. It's like You've heard of like the Groundlings in uh, our second city in Chicago or the Groundlings. I have heard of that. So um, it's for improv, uh, improv artists, actors, whatever, singers. And this guy, Matt Besser, has his own podcast. And he's one of the founders of the UCB Theater. And he just brings on uh, like two, three, four improv uh actors i guess and they just do like long form improv for like an hour and a half and most of it's like really really funny but that's like the only thing with regularity because it's there's some comedy gold inside those do you need you're obviously not putting on podcasts but do you need anything like to go to sleep like do you listen to anything or have the tv on or i I do. I first off, I don't need anything to go to sleep. I can fall asleep on a rock if I need to. <laughs> um, but uh, my wife loves having something on, whether that is a TV show or actually, you know, there is another podcast called Nothing Much Happens that we'll listen to once in a while. And it's just this woman, it's a brilliant idea. Just this woman who writes like 
five page essays where truly nothing much happens. It's just like minor details and kind of a story. And the idea, um, she would hate it if I said it, but the idea is just kind of to bore you to sleep or to distract you from, from your day and just like latch onto some of these little details and then just fall asleep. She's got a great voice and she's got a cool producer, but um, yeah, uh, we do listen to stuff because it helps my wife go to bed. Do you guys typically go to bed at the same time? Yeah, yeah, almost always. Um, yeah, I would kind of like to get to bed like a half an hour to an hour earlier than she's normally ready to, but you know, it's um, it's a marriage is a give and take. Sure. Yeah. Do you listen to anything or watch anything? I have I I cannot have I cannot's not the right word, but I I do not have a TV in my bedroom. That's good. That's good. That blue light is ba like bad for you. But I am bad about being on my phone laying in bed. I need to make more of a conscious effort to just plug it in, set it down. Because usually I'm pretty good about unless I'm just really restless. Um, once I put the phone down and close my eyes, I can typically go to sleep pretty quickly, but I could not tell you the last time I went to bed without, uh, some sort of audio medium being Is it music. Is it a podcast? No, it's a, it's podcast. Which ones? Oh, I, I love Joe Rogan's podcast. Okay. He's our main competition, by the way. Yeah. Um, I I mean I obviously love the TMA stuff, um, but you've already listened to it in the morning, right? Like, uh, yeah, more often than not, that would be the case. Um, there's an ep there's a podcast called Kill Tony. You ever heard of it? No. So it's hosted by a couple comedians, and basically, Tony Danza? They, what? Like Tony Danza. No, uh, you got the first name right, actually. Tony Hinchcliffe. Okay. That was and an easy what, pick up after hearing the title of the, uh, of the podcast. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. But uh, It could have been Tony Braxton, though. That might be a good listen. <laughs> but basically, you come to this. It's a live podcast. Um, I don't listen to it live. I listen to it later, but it is out there live. But um, people sign up and basically put their name in a bucket. And then for like an hour and a half or two hours, they draw the name out and the person comes up on stage and gets one minute, 60 seconds of uninterrupted stand-up comedy they, they, they perform. Oh, nice. nice. And then, you know, oftentimes, I think it's more entertaining when it's terrible than when it's good. But I think where the real, the real gold part of this is when they interview the person after, that usually goes on for three, five, seven minutes, and that's where you get some funny stuff. But I like Kill Tony. Mm -hmm. um, Tony Braxton has ever been asked how many five-year-old zombies she could take out with a metal bat if she was standing in the middle of a field? Uh, no, but I will DM her later and see if she wants to come on and talk about it. Good, good. I don't know what she's up to lately, but I haven't heard from her much in the last two decades. And... Um, I don't know. It's just something that bubbled up into my brain. Name a Tony Braxton song. I can't. Uh, I was going to say Don't Go Chasing Waterfalls, but that is wildly off. And an insult to TLC. 
TLC's coming to St. Louis soon. Oh, yeah, all two of them? With Shaggy. Oh, Shaggy. Shaggy is a um, an interesting character, or at least his, his lyrics are. Uh, he's got Shorty, You're My Angel, right? You're yeah. my darling, you're my angel. And then like two or three songs later, he's talking about how it wasn't me. Yeah, he first of all, he's an adulterer. Yeah, he's got Second a checkered all, sexual past. He obviously takes no accountability for himself. He puts the blame on everybody else. Um, yeah, Shaggy's not welcome on this podcast. I would agree. I'm not going to shame his kinks. No. But uh, I'd prefer not to have a serial adulterer on this podcast. There's only room for one of them. And I'm not telling you who it is, but they're already here. Is it Kobe Bryant? Oh, I just, I was joking. I meant between you and I. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, if you want to play a guessing game, uh, email us at thebigifpod at gmail.com. Let us know. Um, who on this podcast do you feel is a serial adulterer? Well, I'm guessing based on the kind of deviant sexual behavior that I was describing in the A block, most people would probably guess me. All right. That word deviant. Is that a kink shame word? Uh, or is it just more descriptive? I think I don't think it's necessarily shaming the I think it's more just an adjective. I don't think it's trying to like belittle me in any way necessarily. Yeah. Um you got I don't really have my iPad handy. What is the Webster dictionary of deviance? Let's see. Um can I give you a different can I source a different dictionary? Oh yeah, I don't I, it's just the first one I thought of. Deviant. Departing from usual or accepted standards, especially in social or sexual behavior. Yeah, I don't think that's necessarily saying that it's bad. They're just saying that it's different than the norm. There we go. Uh, that was the adjective um, definition. The noun, a deviant person or thing, such as killers, deviants, and those whose actions are beyond most human comprehension. Now that, to call someone a deviant, would be disparaging to say their behavior is deviant is a little more niche i think that's a little uh more rounded on the edges it's like when you tell your and i'm not saying you telling your wife i'm using the impersonal you here it's like when you tell your wife i didn't say you are a bitch i said you were acting like a bitch that's that is the yeah that excellent excellent thank you for connecting those dots um, so yeah, they would probably think me, but you know, I would say don't judge a book by its nipple clamped cover. Yeah, don't judge a book by the three sizes of butt plugs that come with it. You don't think you could ever be convinced to try a butt plug? Yeah. Um, I'm never gonna say never, but uh yeah, right now, it just doesn't sound like uh, so appealing to me. You know, what kind of uh, gets me going a little bit just thinking about it is the idea. I'm an over I, I'm an oversharer for sure. Uh -huh. But yeah, you show restraint nutritionally, but sharing wise, there's no holds bar. Which I, you know, sometimes it gets me in trouble. 
but I, I kind of <laughs> like that I'm basically just an open book and I just, I say what I'm thinking. And what I'm thinking right now is that to me, it's kind of exciting the idea of having a, like a Bluetooth or a remote controlled butt plug that okay. I could, that I could maybe insert into someone else and I have control of the remote. And at any given time during the day, I could just give that a little and just give them a little, you know. You know, sexual deviancy is, is I think, uh, does just tap into our innate desire for control. And I'm no history buff, but I'm pretty sure if you go back hundreds, even thousands of years, earliest man was inserting things into their butt. Oh, yeah. I mean, how do you think HIV and AIDS came about? I mean, someone fucked a monkey. Someone fucked a monkey. So it's not out of the question to think that someone before them has, you know, put some uh, sticks and grass up their butt. Who do you think patented the first butt plug? Is there a patent for butt plugs? Is that too broad of a thing where you can't like completely? Like can you, I don't know if you can patent a category, but if there's like a maybe though, I don't know. I'm yeah. Let's uh let's do a little Google. Who made the first butt plug? The birth of the butt plug. Frank E. Young of Canton, Ohio, patented his rectal dilators in 1892. That is a 130-year history that we built on. I don't think it's any coincidence that that was the first year also, I believe, of the St. Louis Cardinals. 1892? I think so, but I could be wrong. That's crazy. I mean, we are, we are all, as a deviant society standing on the shoulders of this gentleman what was his name frank e young he came home that day and was like honey i have a crazy idea sit down and then he just poured his heart out Let's and see. look where it got him i'm trying to like just go through some some text really quickly. I should have just chat GPT'd it about the bud plug. But um I'm interested to see. I don't know if you plan on coming up with one, but uh, the AI generated art that we like to do for our episodes lately. Yeah. Could be good with this with the topics that we've covered. Maybe a guy swinging a giant butt plug at a bunch of zombie children um it might be the words butt plug might be banned from that they try to stay away from anything violent or um over sexual overtly sexual and uh yeah but i'm sure there are workarounds you know if i said rectal dilator maybe that <laughs> maybe that would change things yeah well, I, I do want to give a shout out. Um, we had, I've been on a, and actually they wanted you to join the group. There's been a group text thread going on a lot this week. Oh, yeah. And your name Deviance? came up. Deviance? What? Uh, no, I would not call. Well, 
there's at least one deviant in this group. I'll let you figure out who it is. Email us at thebigifpod at gmail.com if you know who the deviant is. But this is a group of friends of ours from the class of 2003, mm -hmm. Segment High School. We have a group text thread that, you know, every once in a while, one of them will send a message, but it's really been active the last couple of days. I looked down at my phone the other day after not having been on it for a little while, and I had like 37 missed messages all from Don't the you same. love that about group texts when like 10 people or let's even five are super engaged and you look down and you have anywhere, like you said, from like 30 to 70 text messages that you got to catch up on. Some people and find that annoying. As long as it's not vibrating in my pocket the entire time. Send all you want. Send it all you want. I'll, I'll enjoy it. It's like reading a message board. So this text thread is myself, mm -hmm. our good friend, Danny. Oh, shout out. Our good old friend who we haven't spoken with a whole lot lately, Nathan. Okay. Nathan Gray. Uh, Kenny D. Kenny Delicious. And Nicole Werner. Oh, high quality individuals. And Nicole actually said that we should get you on the text thread. Um, I don't know if that's something you'd be interested in. You may elect to opt out of that, but um, what, shout out to them because they went and uh, we, we were talking about the Yelp reviews for people we know episode. Yes, the one that we were emailed about. Indeed. And uh they they went and gave it a listen i know at least nicole and nathan did they were very complimentary of it they thought it was entertaining they it brought up some good memories some names that people hadn't really heard in a while and it really sparked a lot of activity in our group message so shout out to them because that episode really climbed the charts i think on the on the heels of the the 20 year reunion that we both just unfortunately weren't able to go to. I think that probably maybe caused a little bump too, because that episode skyrocketed on our list. It is interesting because there's so much else to talk about at a 20 year reunion <laughs> that this was brought up um, is uh, interesting interesting and i went back and listened to it and i think i had some performance enhancing uh supplements going through my veins on that episode mm -hmm. so i think i was a little more loose-lipped than i i typically maybe am uh but i think you're safe you didn't really dive into it i could tell that when i would go off on a little rant at times you you could tell that you, it, oh, your face was saying the opinions expressed in this episode are that of D'Angelo <laughs> and not of Luther. It is. It I, was, I remember I was recounting this to my wife yesterday, and I remember feeling, I remember feeling uncomfortable, uh, very uncomfortable during that conversation, which makes for good, uh, good podcasting and radio, right? But um, yeah, I rem I can remember the discomfort coursing through my butt plug. I did not say anything that I regret. Um, not at all? I don't think so. I really don't. I didn't say anything that wasn't... You regret publishing. Because, uh, look, conversation between two friends, 
Yeah, you're probably not going to regret, but publishing it is kind of a different level. Uh, listen, my goal is never to make anybody feel bad. So if I if I made you feel bad with what I said, I guess I regret that because I'm not a malicious guy. Um, I'm not looking to make any enemies, but I'm also not looking to, I'm not going to kiss ass of somebody I don't want to kiss ass to. No, I don't, re I don't regret it. Maybe in the future, the next time I feel like saying something that I feel, I may think twice and wonder how it might make them feel. I, I don't know. I don't take it. I just want it to be known. I don't take it back. You mean empathy? I, is that what that's called? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you're good. Okay. Yeah. So I'll and, vouch you know, for you. You are not a malicious person. I'm you not a malicious person. You let go of a lot more in life uh, that the normal person would, would just be holding on to and seething about. And listen, if the person who emailed us, happens to be listening i'm not going to respond to your message mostly because i don't want to but i will say i don't i don't want you to i don't want you to think that i'm like holding on to anything that's been like eaten away at me for two decades that's not the case right uh, we just, you, you just don't see eye to eye with everybody in life. You don't have to, um, you don't have to be on the same page. You don't have to associate with. So that's where I'll leave that. If I hurt your feelings, I apologize because I never intend to. There's nothing that you need to apologize for. We'll just leave it at that. You know, I've thought, I've, um, I've thought about, this a little. I remember thinking about this prior to our 10-year reunion where I'm thinking, and maybe I'm just making myself the main fucking character and a story of my own weaving here. Yeah. But I kind of, I would like to know if I did anything or said anything to someone that they just, they've been holding on to and either waiting to confront me or waiting for me to extend an olive branch or whatever the case is i'm curious if i've said anything that that has just kept people up um or have has given them and i'm speaking specifically about high school you know um that has just stuck with them and left a negative residue on any part of their day in the last 20 years and so I think about that sometimes and though I, I can't I don't have anything in mind to pinpoint I'm I don't know I just I that that bothers me that idea agreed anyways it's it crossed my mind before the tenure reunion and um came back up as uh you know this last reunion and the aftermath has has come to light so yeah. Anyways, well, if I did that, to, if I did anything to you, I'm, I'm email us at the big email us at the biggest pod at gmail.com. 
let's talk about it. Let me apologize um, or offer whatever side uh, of perspective. I don't know. You know what this, you know what this entire situation has taught me? I always try to turn everything into a teachable moment, something I can learn from. That's healthy. Um, And you know what this has taught me? What? People are listening to our podcast. Oh, people are listening. That's right. It's not just Belgians. It's Sekmans. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) The two most desired markets in podcasting. (laughs) Yeah. Well, should we uh, should we wrap it up? Yeah, I think that's probably a good enough place to end it. All right. All right. We've made amends. We've uh, we've talked all about sex toys, deviance. Um, oh, I should I mean that we've talked about the bravery of sex toys. Yeah, uh, I feel super brave. Yeah, we did finally get an email um, on this sexy, violent podcast. And uh, yeah, I feel I feel pretty good about this episode. It's it's deviant for sure. Yeah. Some are saying it might be our most deviant yet. I that's that's the scuttlebutt. Thanks for joining us, everyone. By the way, this is a podcast called The Big If. I don't know if we even introduced it right up front. But thanks for joining us and uh keep it deviant.